So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales, or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds, like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on. But when it's like, oh, we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening. It's like very different. (laughs) And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency era historical fiction for you, Sam, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up. Dipsystories.com slash just break up. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sierra. And hey, Head and Heart Workers. This is... Oh, you're all here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Didn't see you there. <laughs> so this is the next edition of our Head and Heart Work Conversations. Um, it is an interview with my two dear friends and colleagues in the writing world, um, Alicia Wise and um, her husband, Matthew Cuban Hernandez. And... I was so thrilled to be have the opportunity to talk to Alicia and Matthew, not just because I'm like genuine like fans of them and they're my friends. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you that's know, always nice. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but also because I, I ever since we started this podcast, I kind of have um, looked to partnerships in my life that I know that I can learn something from because like we all know relationships um, are work. They they. They require something from us, depending on where we are in life. You know, um, vulnerability takes work, you know, and um, Alicia and Matthew have been together for a long time. And they're like one of my only like married friends other than like you and Spencer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to talk to them about like, you know, I wanted to learn what I could learn from them about their partnership, about their vulnerability, their connection and the work that they put into their relationship and on top of that, um, Matthew lost his mother um, unexpectedly 
in the midst of their relationship. And I have seen that unfold for him personally, you know, the toll grief has taken on him and also their relationship, how their relationship has been challenged, how they navigated loss, grief, Mm. on ongoing grief. And that's something that our listeners have definitely asked about before in letters or DMs. Um, I know they've asked you specifically, and I really want to talk to them, especially because partnership and um, intimacy and relationships so often we forget that they go hand in hand with things like loss, you know, mm. like when we picture like the perfect relationship, you know, and you get married and everything goes well. Well, that also goes hand in hand with everything that goes wrong in life, you know, <laughs> and sure. navigating those ups and downs um, is a huge is a huge ontaking in relationships. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I really enjoyed talking with them about their experiences with um, Matthew losing his mom and um, having gone through that, right? Having lost my dad um, almost three years ago, which is wild. Wild. Uh, is there's something that sparks like an immediate sort of kinship with someone who has also lost a parent at yeah, a young age. Totally. Like there's just like a connection that happens um, because grief and particularly the grief of a parent can be really isolating, especially like, you know, in your early thirties, right? right? Like most people have parents who are still alive, like not everyone. So like, don't get me wrong on that, but um, it can be really isolating. Cause like your, your, your group of people doesn't, know it as intimately as you do. So it was like being able to talk to him about his experience was like just so affirming in such different ways because it's just like, oh yes, okay, this thing that I'm feeling isn't isn't just me, right? Like other people have experienced this too. And also talking to Alicia about her experience supporting Matthew through his grief is like, was also really affirming to having gone through like both of those things, Right. right? The loss of my dad and then the loss of Peter's mom like very close to each other. Um, just like the the unique experiences that they're both going through in that was like, like if anyone takes anything out of the conversation, I took a lot of like yeah, support yeah. and love It'll out of it. Sam. So, Sam like, did it. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> like, I don't know if you all will find connection to it. I'm sure that you will. But like for me, it was just, it was so... Um, nice is such a weird way to describe no, it because like they're really nice people. They're just like, wonderful, warm people. For sure, but we like talked about like awful things that have happened to us. <laughs> but it was so nice yeah. to be like, oh, yes, oh my god, like this experience isn't exactly the same, but but I see you in it and I feel yeah. seen by you in it because like you can understand it in the way that that other people might not be able to. So, um, I just really appreciated that conversation and yeah and. I just have a lot of love for them. They seem like such great people and it was really fun to talk to them. Well, they're also both um, really talented spoken word poets, which is where we are colleagues in the literary world. And um, what you just said, you know, about how what an affirming conversation it was even talking about these heavy things reminds me about why they do the work that they do in the first place, which you'll hear more about in the interview, which is that, you know, people need to hear um, people want to have their stories affirmed, whether they share them themselves or they hear them in the stories of others. That's like the core of human connection. Um, and, you know, in this world of like false connectivity, I think it's so powerful to remember what it feels like to have a really intimate, honest 
vulnerable conversation with people that you respect and have shared experiences with. Um, mm. So with that in mind, we really truly hope you enjoy this interview with Alicia Wise and Matthew Cuban Hernandez. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week on Head and Heartwork Conversations, we're talking to Matthew Cuban Hernandez and Alicia Wise. Alicia Wise is the Director of Program Development of Street Poets, Inc., she is the co-founder of Spoken Lit, a performance and writing masterclass in Los Angeles and the host and co-coach of the Poetry Lounge's National Poetry Team, a spoken word poetry event in Los Angeles. Alicia's pronouns are she, her. Matthew, whose pronouns are he, him, is the director of probation programming for Street Poets, Inc. He is also the co-founder of Spoken Lit and the co-coach of the Poetry Lounge as well. And they're both married. <laughs> <laughs> to each other, to be clear, yeah. to each other. To each other. <laughs> it's not like we just two random married people. Two random yeah. married people, and we're going to interview them about not being married to each other. Just kidding. Not only they're married, but they are my friends and my longtime <laughs> colleagues in the spoken word world pre just breakup era. Um, and I am so, 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 so excited to have them here today. Uh, I'm excited to interview them, particularly, um, I'm excited to interview my friends. Like, that's obviously, like, fun. <laughs> but I'm particularly excited to interview them as a married partnership, um, as a colleague, and as a friend of yours. I love witnessing your relationship, your growth, your happiness, because I particularly know what kind of work that takes, you know, and commitment and um, vulnerability. So thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up for a vulnerable conversation. And mm. uh, yeah, I'm just thrilled to have you both here today. Uh, the honor is all ours. It's so, so dope <laughs> to uh, spend, spend some time with y'all. This is a, uh, this is dope. Heck yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, first, uh, let's tell our listeners a little about yourselves um, creatively and professionally. The work that you do is really amazing, and I'd love for them to learn more about that. You not go it. first. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Damn. I said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So about me, creative, pers personally and professionally. Um, I, uh, as, you, as you heard, I, I work with uh, Street Poets, Inc., um, and, uh, other various organizations around Los Angeles and around the country, uh, teaching poetry. I, I mainly, uh, teach poetry as a act of healing, as a, as a healing craft, um, more than like slammy or entertainment-y. I, I really think there's a lot of like in-depth healing that can be done with it. Uh, that's very mm -hmm. much so like tied into the nature world, tied into indigenous practices, but that's a longer story. I'm also like a video <laughs> game enthusiast. I'm a rapper. <laughs> and a storyteller and um yeah and 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 a person who has a difficult time gushing about themselves but that <laughs> is me in a nutshell and go you're an actor yes mm -hmm. you're like there's so many amazing things i'm a decent just, chef yeah oh my gosh mm -hmm, mm -hmm, anyway mm -hmm. I, we'll, we'll work on that yeah. um, <laughs> uh for me i think Wow, this is a difficult question. So overall, I think always what's been at the core of what I do has been like giving back and creating space, which can be very broad. But like ever since I was 
very little. I was like, oh, I want to be a nurse or a doctor. And I just want to like travel the world and give back. So here I am, not a nurse or a doctor, but I guess um, I'm going to say something really cheesy, healing in a sense, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, as a poet, I still get to travel the world doing poetry. And I love creating space for people to feel good about themselves, feel safe, feel like the world is worth it. Um, so, um, I'm the, I'm also the founder of a, a, a group, a safe space, um, called black women necessary where black women can show up and just be themselves. Um, we love just having homies and creating like impromptu events at the crib where people could just come through and it's mostly, it is a little selfish so we can have a good time, but it's also so people can feel good. So without all the bullet points and accolades or whatever, my main thing, what I do is just wanting to wanting other people to feel good and wanting other people to be happy and doing that through my art. And then professionally, of course, I'm with street poets. It's like the first real, real full-time job I've had in my life. I've had jobs, but this one is like, (laughs) I've always felt more comfortable being an artist and being free. I love just to be able to stretch myself and freedom, but um, street poets is the first place where I felt like, wow, this is super aligned with what I do. So mm-hmm. um, I'm so grateful for Street Poets and um, just the work we do for juvenile justice youth because that hits home, um, especially being from where I'm from in Camden. So, Can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that work specifically for the folks who don't know Street Poet Inc. at home? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I, <laughs> so Street Poet Inc. Uh, Street Poets Inc. has been around for like 25 years in Los Angeles. They primarily uh, teach and work with incarcerated youth, but they do stuff in the community, uh, with schools. Um, and, uh, and, and we also, we just like literally came from a workshop that we do, uh, in the middle of the desert, uh, with a continuation school that comes out Mm -hmm. and goes hiking with wolves, um, (laughs) for like the first hour. And then we write about like our experiences with like nature and wolves, but that um, sounds so much- awesome to me, but that is straight up Sam's nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> camping. I don't do it. I don't Can't, do camping. He doesn't really understand like sleeping on the ground. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't speak to me in any way. Why would you sleep on the ground if you have beds? I don't. No, I don't get it. I hear that to a large extent. I get it, but the wolves make it cooler. The wolves, yeah, the wolves are pretty cool. The yeah. wolves weren't there. I might not be hiking. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, yeah. I mean, like um, we we mainly are like a, a organization that's like circled around just uh healing and the healing practices of writing and reading poetry uh whether that be circled around narrative therapy whether that be circled around uh indigenous teachings of initiation and other uh growth and development processes that happen going down that road but it's all tied into nature tied into nurture tied into healing that's like a big sum of what street poets does and why it aligns so much with us Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's amazing Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea of poetry as being a way to heal and a way to express the things that might be unexpressible in other ways. So that's great. You yeah, all are doing amazing work. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we asked you here because you're Sierra's friends and because you're doing all of this cool poetry stuff and because you're married. So we <laughs> were interested in in your relationship journey. How did you get to where you are now and also specifically why did you decide that marriage was the right choice for y'all mm. all right I'll go first this time. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I also want to caveat too, like we we try to be Sam and I happen to be two married people, um, mm-hmm. but we get letters from listeners all over the world with all sorts of different um, relationship paths that are right for them. People, some, you know, marriage was a big choice for us, a right choice for us, but it's not the right choice for everybody. Um, so we're kind of interested in like wh- what made it your right path which is exactly what Sam asked. I just like reiterated it. No, I love it. Great. <laughs> um, I'll be honest at first, like for many years, I wasn't that tied to marriage. I think I, I grew up for the most part. I didn't really see, um, I mean, my, my mother and my father before they broke up when I was very young, they had a healthy relationship, but I didn't really, I don't remember that. You know, I didn't really yeah. get a chance mm-hmm. to witness it. Um, but I also didn't see, any bad parts. So that's a good thing. But uh, outside of that, I didn't really have a lot of, uh, I didn't really witness a lot of healthy relationships or marriages. I didn't know. Yeah. And I didn't trust, you know, going to, I was like, why do I have to, you know, what you hear a lot of people say, why do I have to go to some courthouse? Why I have to sign some papers to be in love? It just (laughs) didn't make sense to me. I was the type of person. And I think I still am, but especially when I was young, I questioned a lot of things. I was just like, why? What's the point? Who made up these rules? I just wanted to be in love, you know? Um, again, mm. back to that, just wanted to be a very free person. Mm. Um, and then to be honest, Matthew changed my perspective on a lot of things. My life switched <laughs> up in so many ways with him. Um, and one of the ways was just like, I honestly, when it came to the idea of marriage, it was just like, why not? You know? And then like, I looked up some of the benefits of being married and I was oh like, God, this is yeah. kind of beneficial. Like I'm going to be yeah. with you it's, forever it anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good, it's kind of a good business move. Like I'm, co- I'm cool with it. And I'm also, <laughs> the ceremony was fun. It was like a party. We really yes. just party, which speaks to how untraditional we are. Like I, I know some people probably low, low key, probably judge. Cause like we didn't have very like traditional things at our, our wedding, but it was a mm. party. And, uh, I was just like, let's just do it for the heck of it. It's fun. Yeah. It makes sense. And I'm gonna be with you anyway. So, and our family got to come together and celebrate it. And the certificate looks really cool. Whenever I find <laughs> it. In the, in the- <laughs> we have a certificate. Yes. Yeah, see- Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, certificate. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. You didn't see? I'll show you. Later. I remember signing something that was like, "Y'all aren't cousins, right?" Because we got married in Florida, and apparently they have to put that on. I was like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Cause you legally have to let us know if you're cousins, but we can't do that this." Was on there. I was it like, was. "No, dog. Like, we're for sure not." Conveniently, related. we're interviewing two cousins. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, I was like, look, sorry. No, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, word. Um, yeah, so why why marriage uh was the question, right? And and mm-hmm. what why did we work? Is that was that what brought us what here? brought us here yep. right now? Yeah. Man. Oh yeah, there's more to that. So <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that brought us here. And here you is give us the like spark a, notes. You know what I'm saying? Here's yeah. I mean, yeah, I think um I don't know. I think a lot of it was just like, that was the river we floated down. We ended Mm. up here. Um, And I mean, some of it was also, uh, especially like us us deciding like, hey man, let's like make this official. I think obviously at least you talk about like benefits and like the whatever comes from like living in this world that, uh, that honestly just respects people that make that type of commitment together more than they they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I grew up, like you know my parents got married when they were 18 and 19 which Mm. like as a child growing up and like seeing the stages of their relationship at times i was like 
I don't think this was a good idea, guys. I think perhaps <laughs> y'all shouldn't have gotten married as children. Um, That's but, real. you know, and then I've also seen like relationships where, you know, they're just like, we've lived together for like 20 years. Like we're not married. We have like an entire family together, but like technically we are and technically we're not. And I think mm-hmm. for me at that moment, it was, it was something, it was a celebration, you know? And I think often in, in our families or just in the, the cycle that we come in, we don't get to celebrate people yes. that much, you know, especially like, um, we're both artists, but we're like the only kind of artists in our families. So it's always it, for me, it's been like a weird thing for us to like, let's celebrate you doing something cool that we like, oh, we don't really know. Like, I guess that's yeah. cool, you know, <laughs> but this was a moment that we could celebrate and, you know, spoiler alert, getting later into the episode, you know, we got, uh, engaged a little less than a year before my mother passed. Mm. And, you know, she was really excited. I'm, I'm her baby boy. And, you know, she actually like uh, picked out Alicia's wedding dress. Yes. And mm. both the rings we're wearing were rings that she basically gave us. And so um, we got married maybe a, two years after my mother passed because we were engaged for like three years. Because uh, you can take your time, people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, yep. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little note there. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think at that moment, it was like, we, un- unknowingly, we needed that, we needed that moment of joy. We, our families, I know my family specifically yes. needed that moment mm-hmm. of celebration. Like, we had just gotten, mm-hmm. like, a real kick in the stomach. And there's all kinds of stuff that comes with that and work that comes with that. But I think the moment of like, let's saying like, let, no, let's get married. Let's just have a celebration. Like let's mm-hmm. do, we were going to, we, you know, let, we want to do the extravagant thing. Like, no, let's not, let's just, it's simple. Who we can, changed our mind last minute. It was like, no, we're not doing all this no, fancy was, stuff. Yeah. Let's just go to Florida and have whoever, a party. Whoever can make it cool. If you can't make it, no stress, no nothing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, my cousin rented out uh, the bar that he worked at because mm-hmm. uh, it was empty during the day. And he's like, you guys can just have it. And it was a great time. It was like, it was, it was a, it was a moment to kind of reset and, and recalibrate our, our joy in the world Mm -hmm. because it felt dark for a good bit and it, and it feels dark at times. I do want to add a very important detail. I think another thing that definitely brought us here was the fact that we were long distance for like a year, Mm. year and a half before we even moved here to Los Angeles, um, you know, before the marriage, I think that distance helped. Um, I've had a long distance relationship before, but whatever. Um, but this one was just like a practice in like loving each other from getting to know each other from that distance and practicing that commitment of like, oh, I'm about to get on a Greyhound or I'm about to get on a plane to go see you. Like I knew right Mm -hmm. there. I remember the first time I got on a Greyhound, he was in Virginia, actually. Um, I thought he was going to be all the... He was in, he was from Florida, obviously, but he was in Virginia at the time. And I said, like, I'm about to get on a Greyhound and see you. I was acting real bougie. I'm not lying. And I was like, and that, that takes a lot. I said, so you better not play with me because if I get on this ashy Greyhound right now, and, and I've been on plenty of Greyhounds, don't get me wrong, but never for, not that much for a, a person. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, honestly, that stuck with me for a long time of our relationship. Like, like I was play. like, I was like, I can't mess this up. Like, she got a great out for me. Like, <laughs> this is serious. Like, this is not. This is. I don't want to make a light of this. Uh, <laughs> so amazing. I love that idea that you're just sort of like on this river, and like this is kind of like where it it landed you. Um. So I, as you're on that river with each other, what are some of the practices that you all use in your relationship with each other to like establish boundaries or like talk about how things are going to go together 
Like, what are some of the things that you do to help make sure that you're like in alignment on some of those goals and some of those priorities as a couple? I think in a way we're still figuring that out to an extent, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, I know, I know first and foremost, we, we remember that we're friends. We remember that this is also a friendship. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times let's say we get into like a petty argument. I'm like, if we were just friends, if we wasn't lovers, we wouldn't be getting to this argument probably the same way. You know? <laughs> and even in a, in a heated argument, we have to step back and say, yes. how much of this is coming from the fact that we're just, we're, we're both very passionate people. So we have a lot of conversations and we try to step back a lot and just like look at each other as like the way we looked at each other initially. Like when I first even kind of was a little nervous that I was falling for Matthew. Don't ask why I'm nervous. That's another story or why I was, <laughs> you can ask. But anyway, <laughs> when I like, it reminds me of that moment. I was like, he's just a really cool guy. I would love to be friends with. So I always have mm-hmm. to take myself back to that. Like you are my friend first and foremost. And when it comes to my friends, I respect my friends. I want moments where I want us to have to step. What is it? Step back to step in. That's mm-hmm, the saying. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, have real conversations. And if we need space to not take it personal. So we just have, I think as human beings, we're still trying to figure it out, but we've learned how to just give each other space when it's necessary to have healthy conversations. And um, I don't know if anything else you want to add on as far as boundaries goes. What else? Um, she, oh, yeah, not to get upset about petty things. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Alicia also lets me play as many video games as I want for <laughs> as long as I want uh, and doesn't care about how much weed so I smoke. So that's a and great those, boundary for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, right. Those two things. She was like, you really love weed and video games, do you? And I was yeah. like, work. <laughs> I think this will work out fine. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think... Um, you know, we need, we, we definitely give each other spaces. We definitely, you know, give each other time to do our own thing. Um, and, and try not to like hold grudges to those things at all. Like, I think, Mm -hmm. um, I think for, for us, like it was very much so understanding, like just clear language, like, Hey, when this happens, I feel like this and maybe that's Mm -hmm. not your intention, but it makes me feel this way. And I mean, that's not to say we don't like, at least to get into our petty disagreements or things, but I think sometimes, I mean, love, love is like a magnet, right? Right. And that magnet can like, and you're in sync and you're locked in, but also sometimes like that magnet flips the other way Mm -hmm. and like, no matter what you do, that shit's just not going to connect. Right. And I think at that time, like the, the literal universe is telling you, Hey, just step away for a second. Like you're not, you're not going to connect. Like, you know, you always do. And that's what Mm -hmm. you do because you're magnets. But yeah, sometimes, you know, I've never been called a magnet. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, take it, take that step back. Like you need time for timeout sometimes. Um, and I think sometimes we get to a point where we're just like, you're not completely hearing me. I'm not completely hearing you. Let's reset for a second. And, Mm -hmm. and those have been, you know, really healthy ways to navigate through that. And then also to know like, Hey, like, you know, you might be the thing I think that I've, we've been trying to understand more lately is like, when you get really upset about something, I get really upset about it. And mm. I don't, you might just be like passively, like just talking sh- trash about this thing, but I'm like, <laughs> I'll get infuriated over here. And then I want to <laughs> fight this thing. And like, that's not a healthy way. So I'll be like, like, you know, we just, our energies really project on each other sometimes. I think that's been Probably our, more for me. Though. I think that's been our latest thing. It's like, uh, how can, cause we're both really passionate. So it's like, like he said, when I'm angry, how can I just be angry and not? Cause when he's upset mm. or sad, 
I feel all of that too. So I think we both have that and that's been our latest thing. And also I just want to add like, right when we first, when we were about to just make it official, like as far as dating, I remember one of the things I said to you, I said, look, because I had just got out of a very terrible, but it opened my mind to other possibilities and relationships. I had just got out of a short-term relationship that was supposed to be an open relationship. It was just done in a very toxic way. But the idea mm. of it, I thought was amazing, you know, and I got to, yeah. <laughs> I got to meet more uh, people who weren't just into traditional, like monogamous relationships. So when I, just that idea that um, when I first started dating Cube, I was like, look, I just want you to know, <laughs> Um, do you want monogamy here? Do you want it open? Because <laughs> whatever it is, you got to establish it now. Also, whatever we choose, just know I don't. I, I can't have nobody trying to control my every movement. That's not how I do relationships. I'm all about mm-hmm. just laying it on the table. Um, so I think you know we came up with our own you know system of relationship, but we definitely established like this idea of. I'm not here to control you. I don't think relationships mm. are about control. Yeah. And um, that's super important for us because uh, I've been there plenty of times before. Yeah, definitely. I love that. So did you guys have any misconceptions about marriage like before getting into that type of commitment or, or partnership? Um, or alternatively, do you have any perspectives from within that institution or partnership um, that like you're surprised by? Yeah. Everybody said, don't date a poet. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, don't do it. You're going to write poems about you. They're going to battle rap you and stuff. And I'm like, I think you probably shouldn't date anybody. Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe the poet just sees a little bit more yeah, than you want yeah, to. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, and that was the misconception I have. Everybody's like, don't do it. Don't date a poet. It's going to be crazy. But I'm like in the uh, adverse end. It's like I can't date a civilian who like doesn't understand, <laughs> you know, like what, I'm like, like why I'm staring out the window at this tree for 20 minutes or something. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think like the misconceptions uh, of marriage. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of like stereotypical things where it's like, oh, you do this thing because you're in this role, or you do this thing because you're in this role. And mm. I don't think that's ever been us. You know, yeah. it's always been like clearly you make you know, omelets better than me. And then like, clearly I can whip up some spaghetti, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, various things like that. But, uh, I think like there was a lot of misconceptions of just like, who's supposed to be playing what role or what a partnership looks like. Um, and I think we've always just kind of approached it in our own way. I don't think, I think to a lot of those things, we probably do probably conform pretty well. Cause it's just, you know, the, the, where we are in our relationship. But I think, Mm -hmm. Uh, for a lot of it too it's just been we're a very interesting couple and i think i think um i think some of the things that have like worked well is just like finding those ways to just be like subtly sweet to each other without Mm -hmm. like Mm. it being a thing you know without it being like oh today's the day where you're gonna be bringing this like it's (laughs) not like is that your romance is that your romance voice Yes, I was really into it. I'm in love with you, girl. Like you want flowers? Like I don't know why. That's me. It's like I'm really sweet, but I'm I have a sleazy and a monologue. I don't know. Um, Alicia buys me flowers all the time, and I think that that's really nice. And you know, just looks out for me in different ways. Like I, I think like uh, like we'll give each other our our one a day vitamin which I think is Aww. like a really sweet, like married couple thing. <laughs> like she gives me my vitamin, I give her hers. So we're always forgetting. But um, no, honestly, I mean, 
there's a lot of different ways, but what do you think? It's, I've heard, there's so many misconceptions I've had of just long-term relationships and marriage. Um, some of it was this idea that like, I don't know, you kind of lose the friendship in it and it just becomes this, this business kind of partnership. And I'm wow, like, that's yeah. me. I don't want that. You know, I think that happens a lot in like the, the movies or television we watch and media. It's just this, I don't know. It's like the idea of marriage and long-term commitment at one point, I'm not even just long-term commitment, but marriage was scary for me because it was just the way it was presented in like television and media and stuff. Um, and it was mostly, um, I think just like hetero relationships because yes. before Matthew, I, you know, I mostly dated women. I wasn't that afraid of women. I know women can be like, we were super clingy a lot. That's another, thing, you know, and <laughs> that's one thing. But as far as like being with a guy, um, I just didn't have a lot of practice with that, especially in my adulthood but outside of that, it's just, I didn't want, I was afraid of becoming, I'm a little hesitant to say it, but I want to be honest. I was afraid of becoming a stereotype. Mm. Um, mm. That's not what stopped me from dating men. But when I started getting serious with this one here, I'm like, okay, um, I don't want to have to now, and now it's like, oh, let's have a, a long conversation about like, you know, what your role is going to be. And now I have right. to cook first and all that. And then I think one of the reasons why I know one of the reasons why I stuck with Matthew is because I know that wasn't the case. Like, I kind of figured that wouldn't be the case on like the first day we started dating, but I still was hesitant and I was still yeah. scared. I didn't want to be put into this box, you know? Um, I don't like boxes. So yeah. Uh, yeah, those I those stereotypes is what mostly scared me. These gender roles that are supposed to come with marriage and relationships. Mm. I did not want that. And I think naturally I can be very, I'm very much a caretaker. I very much, you know, all those things. But um, there are plenty of times he'll cook dinner seven days a week sometime. Cause I don't like <laughs> cooking. I don't enjoy cooking. I can, yeah. I can if I try, but the fact that he will, I don't know. I last, actually like cooking. The last few weeks you ain't been cooking, but I mean, really? that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna put me on a podcast. You gonna immortalize yeah, me the last few weeks. I've been slacking. I've been stepping yeah. up my game. I've been stepping up my game, but it's, it's really, it's just, yeah, it's, we just, we bounce off each other and we'll have conversations about that. Like, you, you know, I've been washing the, the dishes more lately. Can you <laughs> can you try washing them tonight? And then we'll be like, neither one of us feel like it. So we'll just like, I'll oh, get it in the morning. You know, we're just, yeah. yeah I just, mm. I love the fact that we, we don't have those. It's not like, it's not binary. It's not like this idea of like, you know, we have to do this or that, or, you know, it's just, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think part of it too is like, you know, in the beginning of the relationship, you know, we were together for so long and everybody, all, our family is all like, so when are you guys going to get married? And they're like, <laughs> this is how they put yeah, it like out it. of my head is these motherfuckers. When are you going to get married? You going to get married? You going to get married? Yeah. And I'm like, I guess, like, what the fuck? Are y'all going to fucking give me some, I don't, I don't, you know, it was just felt like weird. Like there's, you're dating for a long time. So now you get married. You married. You got to buy a house. Now you got a house. You got to get some kids. Now you got these it's kids. You got to have another kid. And it's, it's like, very, yeah. it's an assumed track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for that sure. hasn't, that hasn't been the vibe. You know, we're living in LA. We're living away from our family and, you know, we want to have children, but there hasn't been the, the, the pull to just be like, let's just make a bunch of kids. And then also, you know, we're just thinking of like the, just the world we're in right now and just like how mm. wild it is. And, and then, of course, there's all kinds of crazy shit that comes with having children, which when you're not married, you think like, oh, man, kid, I'm just pop up on a bush out me, man. This kid, I got to watch out when you're not married. And then also you're married, you're like, where's this kid, man? Where's this kid at? I've been hiding from my whole life. 
these Sorry, voices. Paul. The voices are really great. Yeah. This is literally my internal dialogue in my head all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just noticing that people are in our, like, I know, <laughs> I'm just thinking of our family and friends hearing this, but it, whatever. Um, it's just the, the way they just become part of your business when you're married. It's just like, even Matthew and I, we, you know, we don't have children of our own, but we have a lot of kids of ours. Yeah. You know, our students, yeah. you know, call us parents all the time. I'm sure a lot of people can relate if you're artists or whatever. Students will definitely cling on, call you mom and dad or whatever. Um, and we've had students who have stayed with us. We have friends who have stayed with us. Um, we're getting older now, so that might not be the case, you know, like going forth that much, but, um, our home has been open again. It has been a safe space. It has been a space where people have stayed with us for over a year. And there's been times where family or whatever is like, well, you're married. You sure? That could be a lot on your relationship. And yeah. I'm like, look, I do appreciate advice sometimes. I think if you love someone, it's cool to be like, Hey, this is what I feel. But if I told you the first or second time that it's working and we cool, and this is how we love, <laughs> I need you to listen to us because this mm-hmm. is how we love and it works for us. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I was so, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I was like really excited to interview you two as a married couple, particularly because like I know your hearts and your spirits. And I think it's important, you know, especially as like a member of the relationship help slash self-help world to remind people that marriage is, although it is this heteronormative sexist institution with all this bizarre history and implications and stigmas that come with it, that marriage and partnership truly can look however you want it to look, just like your mm. mar- your wedding could look however you want it to look, you know, um, that there's all of these traditions that we think are necessary that, that, that do the pressures of those traditions can end up really souring a wedding or a marriage. Um, but I'm so grateful to talk to you too, as two people who are being innovative and curious and creative in what your marriage looks like in the day to day. So thanks. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month. So I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. 
Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. Another reason uh, we wanted to talk to you today um, was with your personal experience with grief and loss. And I guess I'll put a quick trigger warning just about grief and loss for our listeners. Um, We know that this challenges a lot of our listeners because of the letters that we get um, about folks who are either processing grief or who are supporting a partner who is going through grieving. Um, And I know uh, Matthew, if you're comfortable um, telling us a little bit more about your personal experience with grief and loss. Yeah, you know, honestly, this is like really, really dope. And I I really hope a lot of people listen to this podcast uh, specifically because, I mean, like grief, uh, especially like when you lose someone, it, uh, somebody really, really close to you, it like fundamentally changes you. Like you can become a completely different person because you see the world in a different way. At least I'm speaking for myself. Like um, I felt like I fundamentally changed like on a cellular level. Yeah. Like I'm still the same and there's a lot of things that are still the same, but like there's so many other little things that have just completely changed me. Just like the way I hear songs, the way I listen, the way I intake media, right? The way I interact with people, it's like fundamentally changed and it was hard. I mean, it was, it's been a hard, hard process. And I think, you know, like, honestly, like, thank God for you for, thank God for Alicia. Cause I don't, I know I wouldn't have made it through in the mm. way that I did without your support. Um, but in saying that, like, uh, one of the big things that I've tried to be very conscious of, 
uh, and that I've like really learned and practiced throughout this process of losing my mother, which I lost my mother now in 2017, March uh, of 2017. So it's been, you know, it's like almost like five years now. Um, and it's, it's fucked up. Cause like I, I watch, I watch Avengers and I'll be like, man, like Thanos snapped them fools away like five years ago. And like, you know, then they came mm -hmm. back and I think about, I think about like five years and like how, mm -hmm. how much of a different person I am in five years. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think about like vicarious trauma. I think about secondary trauma. I think about how a lot of times like that secondary trauma can be worse than the actual trauma because you know, I can heal through the process of me losing my mother. I can do certain things that are healthy for myself that can heal through that process. But if I am, you know, a wreck throughout this thing and mm -hmm. I'm just like really like destroying myself through that process, like that can be worse for my wife than the actual loss of me experiencing that worse mother. Cause she can never heal from that. She wow, can't ever heal too. from seeing me go through what I'm going through. Right. And I, I really try to be like super conscious of that. And I, you know, I think when you're grieving, you have this moment where you're like, okay, the world owes me right now. Mm -hmm. And I am, I am totally in my right to just be a hot mess and just fall apart in whatever way possible. And it doesn't matter if I need to break shit, I'll break shit. If I need to do like, be just a fucking tear, I, I'll do all that. And Nah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 yeah, totally. You can do what you want. And if that is something for you and, and I've totally had those moments, but it's, um, it really was a conscious effort in myself to be like, that's not cool. Like that is, I can't just dump onto this person and expect mm -hmm. them to be okay. I wow. can't, they can't, mm -hmm. I can't use this person that hard as a crutch and like, not to say that you didn't help me. Cause like I just said, you, I, you fundamentally just there, just being there, um, you know, is, is monumental. Like, I mean, like, man, it's kind of like, it's kind of intense and kind of wild, but it's like when my mother passed, it was like the middle of the night, um, over here. Um, it was like maybe like three or four in the morning and we had just woke up middle of the night. We were, we were wide awake, just talking to each other for like five or 10 minutes, just middle of the night. I mean, we don't, we don't do that. We're asleep. You know what I mean? And mm. just a few minutes later, I get the call and I like check my phone and realize like my mom had like left me a voicemail. And like, so I immediately played it and just like, it, it wasn't, it was devastating. And I'm yeah. thinking about like that specific moment and like, you didn't do anything but like sit across the table from me. Um, but I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I'd have made it out of that moment yeah. without you being just there across the table from me. So yeah, I think, I think one of the biggest things, man, is just like, you can't, you can't though, like you're being changed fundamentally, you're being ripped apart. You're in the worst, maybe emotional state you've been in. Um, you can't, you can't, it's not up to your partner to heal you. You have mm. to work on that yourself. Mm. You have to find ways to get yourself through that process because you can totally be a person in the middle of the ocean drowning and then pull someone down to drown with you. Mm. And that shit will just, it'll destroy your relationship. It'll, mm -hmm. then you find, then, then you tend to, Oh, you didn't help me when I was in this, or you weren't there right. for me the way you needed, or you weren't there for you the way you needed, you know? Um, and yeah, I think the, the biggest thing was just understanding, like I need to find a healthier way to to, to navigate through this trauma because it's going to 
destroy me and destroy the people I love and probably destroy the people I love before it ends up destroying me anyway. And then it's just mm. going to be terrible. So yeah, it was work. It's a conscious effort. It's a conscious effort to say like, nah, uh, we're not doing that today. Nah, this is not a healthy thing. No, mm. I do just need to sit here or I need to just sit in bed or I need to just play call of duty for 12 hours or like whatever it is. Right. <laughs> um, you find that healing thing and you find it healthy and you communicate, like you communicate, you, you, you have, you have to communicate or that depression, that, that PTSD that you're dealing with is just going to fester and, and become so much worse. Mm. This isn't like mm. a help all thing. Like it's not a one all fix, but these are some of the things that like I've, kind of found the language for in this past like five years sorry i feel like i went on a super tangent that was the most important tangent it wasn't a tangent either it was like very on topic yeah well and alicia i'm curious what it was like for you in that situation too right we you know obviously keeban was trying to spare you from some of the the ramifications of it but Grieving in partnership with someone is really, really challenging. So what was that like for you in supporting him? Uh, So I'm someone who deals with like anxiety quite often. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But when it comes to something, when a big situation happens, whatever that is, I feel like I I kick into that caretaker. Like the anxiety kind of feels like it goes away and I I know right Mm -hmm. what to do. And with Matthew, Mm -hmm. of course, it was in full gear. And I'll never forget that day. And um, I just dropped everything and my attention was all on him. Um, I don't think I had the, I don't, I don't want to say room, but I wasn't, what I was dealing with right there was thinking about how can I be there for him? So I didn't really, I I was sad. I I grieved later, but at that Mm. moment I didn't make space for myself to Mm. grieve because I, and it wasn't on purpose. It's not like I thought about that out loud. It's not like I said, oh, you can't cry. I just knew that I wanted to be there for him and something about grieving in that moment. I think I didn't want to take away from what that space mm. he needed. Anyway, I think I'm processing too much. Cause I didn't even process it like that at the time. Mm, I was just like, sure. I need yeah. to be here for Matthew and whatever that takes, whatever that looks like, that's what it's going to be. I had like a, my, my book at the time was coming out and all that just like went, it went like on the back burner for the most part. Like we just, we got plane tickets last minute, went to Florida. We didn't care. It's like, he was like, oh, this costs, we didn't care how much it costs. Like, let's just mm-hmm. go. Let me be there for you. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just all about just being that support system. But as you know, as time goes on, of course, you know, Matthew talked about how sometimes you might take that grief, take that process and out on other people, um, how it may show up in interesting ways. So I still had to find that balance of like, look, I love you. I love you a lot. And now I'm grieving. You see, I'm sad too. And we're going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I need to also establish like m- my, my boundaries still matter. Um, they're changing shape a little bit, but they still matter. Um, and you know, we still have to focus on us as a relationship. It can't just mean that you can bring any type of energy. And, you know, we had some, some moments with dealing with that grief, but overall I, I think, yeah, I think we handled it okay. I learned so much more about Matthew mm. through this process. It's been five years. Um, I know he's still going through <laughs> it. I know he's still processing, still grieving. I don't think that stops. Um, but the way he's climbed, I'm not going to say out, but the way he's been working through it, I'm just learning so much about him. I think we're learning a lot about each other. 
um, when it comes back up, I know how to be there. I also, I learned how to give them a space. Again, we just yeah. learned how it, our home, you know, when we first moved to Los Angeles, our home was like super small. So we've learned you how to interact. You've seen it here. It was yeah. a freaking room. <laughs> yeah, yo. the fridge was on the porch. I the fridge was on the porch. <laughs> exactly. And our space is much bigger now, but it's still the thing that makes it look bigger than what it is because we have high ceilings. Other than that, it's still like I can run into him at any moment. It's really, <laughs> sure, you know, yeah. so establishing boundaries in his space is still, you know, giving each other space when I know he needs that. And also I... I had to learn how to be there a little bit more. And that was, that ha- didn't have to be forced. You know, I just, I, I, I think the, the only flaw within me and maybe you disagree or agree is that sometimes I could be a little bit too extra because I care so much. I'm like, are you sure you're okay? Yeah. You know, like, and I never want to bother anybody because I, I know I hate being asked if I'm okay over and over, mm-hmm. but when I care for someone, I will ask them that so much. And in my head, I'm like, okay, shut up. They told you yeah. you're fine, you know, but mm-hmm. I think that may have been maybe one of my, my biggest challenge is not checking in too much. Um, and then at times where I'm like, okay, give him his space in my head. I'm like, am I giving him too much space? Maybe I should go over there and, you know, hug him or something Mm -hmm. or be there. So just trying to find that balance of, um, being there and, uh, quote unquote, not being there, I guess. Um, but I, I think, I think we, I think it was good overall. I think we worked through it for sure. sure. And I think it made us stronger for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, we're definitely, you know, working through it. I, I think, the biggest thing that I was, well, I keep saying the biggest, everything's the biggest, but I think one of the things for me was like, I really, you know, you have to allow your, your partner time to grieve as well. Even if it's not as close to home for them, you know, Mm -hmm. it's still, it's still massive. Right. And, and seeing you, a person they love, um, in a really, really rough space, um, it, it can be traumatic, you Mm -hmm. know, it can be really, really devastating. Um, you know, like I remember I, like, and, and it's simple things, but like, just like the act of someone crying, that wailing sound or whatever it is, like it can be, it has a lasting imprint and, um, mm. you don't want to be the thing that they're grieving, right? If they're grieving that process with you, allow them to grieve as well. Like, and I, I felt bad, you know, throughout the early months of this. Cause I was like, man, like, you know, there would be times where like Alicia would go run away to cry um mm. because she didn't want to see she didn't want me to see her sad and then me trigger and remind myself that i was sad like i forgot mm. um but, but you know like it's it's um <laughs> it's it's one of those things like you know um and and you start understanding like the the very very like small things that'll go into somewhere else and we'll be watching a tv show she'll be like is this okay and yeah, yeah, no, this mm. is cool. Mm. And she'll catch things sometimes before I even catch and be like, oh shit, no, this isn't okay, actually. Thank you. Mm. Um, you know, um, but I think like that was a like your your partner's grieving too. And and uh, you know, I was telling like my dad this a lot when my mother passed, and we were like, you know, could have been worse, you know, there's people like, a house fire, or it could have been a natural event, or it could have been could have been terrible, could have been blah blah blah. And he's like, yeah, it could, it could be worse. It could be a lot of things. But, you know, uh, some people's pain is all kinds of things. But this pain is mine right now, mm. what I'm going through. And, you know, it doesn't matter if, if her pain was different. She was also going through pain. And throughout that time, she didn't have a partner to support her. Mm. You know, she was the partner supporting her partner. And granted, like, yeah, like it was my mother, right? But, you know... <laughs> I still think about that and I still think about like the support that we need to offer. And I, 
Yeah, I remember like, you know, really in a rough, rough part, like the first year of losing my mom and just kind of like, you know, like almost snapping at a moment on anything um, and it not being cool, like at all, like not being cool, even in the slightest. Like it was it was overly aggressive just in my space, in my energy around me. Um, mm. I was angry and none of that was towards Alicia at all. But being around it, like it's palpable. And just like we feel each other when you're mad at something, oh, I'm mad at something. It's like when you're just mad, like you don't want you don't want your partner to feel, you know, scared of you or intimidated of you because mm-hmm. you're angry at what happened. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just think like there's a million different areas in that of that grieving process where you're just like your partner is doing the best they can to help you. Wow. They might not even know how, but like literally them being there is the best they can do. And I I also spent a lot of times telling you, uh, telling Matthew um, not to apologize for his grief because there was times, you know, that even if it was like a year or two later, he would just randomly, you know, get not randomly, but yeah, uh, just get sad. Maybe I didn't expect it or have a time where he was crying or whatever. And he'll tell me I'm so sorry. And I'm like, don't apologize for that. You know, um, Mm. I think a lot of that happened as well. It's just like you don't have to apologize for that. So we just had to learn how to make space for each other when it came to processing our emotions. Um, and again, it involved a lot of honest conversation. And sometimes mm. it just involves silence and just like, mm. let's just stay here in this feeling. You know, we don't always have to try to talk it out. Let's just let it, let us feel what we feel right now and we'll process it later. Yeah. There's times now where we, we communicate without even talking. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just take a deep, like, I <laughs> yeah. will just be watching. So I'll just take a deep breath, you know, and it's just like, my hand on my, you know, on my knee or something. And, you know, that's, that's enough for that mm-hmm. moment. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I could go on. <laughs> yeah. In addition to my dad passing away a few years ago, my mother-in-law also died last year, very unexpectedly too. And so like having been on sort of both sides of this partnership of supporting somebody who's grieving and being the, the person who's grieving. Um, one of the more surprising things for me was that it was actually much harder to be the spouse of the person who's grieving than it was to be the person who was grieving because it was like the grief when my dad died was so clear, right? It was like, this is mine. Like I can have this because he's my dad. Right. And then when Peter's mom died, it was like the rules were so unclear. It was like, what am I supposed to do in this situation? How am I supposed to be feeling how can I be supportive and who's going to support me? Right. Like it was like, suddenly everything was really topsy turvy. So, um, I'm curious for you two as well. Like what were some of the surprising things for you in this grief? What, what was unexpected, right? Cause you don't really know what it's like until you go through it. So what, what surprised you about, about the process of grieving? I'll say, I, I'm, I'm sure it's more than this. I'll think about it. But one of the things was the the friends and community that contacted me. <laughs> it was like, are you okay? Mm. There's also friends of Matthew, a lot of them, but I didn't expect anyone to reach out to me. I don't know why I just didn't. I, again, I, everything, my heart, my mind, everything was on like, how do I make sure Matthew and his family is okay? You know? Um, so when I have friends reaching out, like, cause I literally, I didn't know what to do. I didn't. And some people were just offering advice that I didn't even know. I don't even know if I asked for, but I, I <laughs> needed it. <laughs> they were just mm-hmm. like, if you need to know how to be there for Matthew, I've dealt with this before. Let me know if you're ready to talk. And 
God knows I wanted that advice. I wanted to talk, but I wasn't ready because I was stopping myself from grieving at that moment. And I was like, as soon Mm. as I start talking about it, I'm just going to be like a flood of tears. So I'll text someone back or ignore their call and be like, okay, I'll hit you up later. Thank you so much. And then I'm just, I was already getting emotional, just texting them back. And I'm like, no, I'm not ready. And then a year went by or a month went by, then a year. And I'm like, I never contacted that person back. I Mm. hope they don't. I'm thinking about everybody else in this situation. I hope they don't take it personal. I just want to read it from Matthew. And I didn't realize how much I was going to be rejecting so much. And I just, I didn't, I I don't know. I wasn't ready for anything. I've never been there before. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was the biggest surprise for me, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, I think, you know, you got those stages of grief and I think every single one of them was like a surprise. Like my mom was, (laughs) um, was like terminally sick, you know, for like my whole life. Uh, Mm -hmm. she was sick for like 20 years. Um, and throughout my whole life, there was like, Oh, your mom might pass. She might pass. And so, you know, leading up to her passing, you know, we all knew she was sick, but I think there was like the stage of denial that was happening. And then, and like, even my brother and sister and I, we were just thinking like, maybe we won't even like cry when she goes because, we've been expecting it for so long. And they're like, no, 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 you're not prepared at all for that. And, um, (laughs) I think there was just so many, like, uh, like a lot of surprise, a lot of surprises came up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never saw my father cry period in my life Mm -hmm. until my mother died. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he like, he's like, couldn't stop crying, Mm -hmm. um, naturally. And, you know, so there were so many, moments in this where i felt myself being strong for family members where i felt myself like man maybe i got a grip of this and then i would slide back to like you know you know (laughs) back to one you know Mm -hmm. um and it was just be many things like that but i think um honestly i I just i feel like during that time it's like what you just said sam like you, you feel like it's you you it's me it's me it's me and i need this and i need this and and after like a certain period of time i was like man i this just feels selfish. Like it feels Mm. like not fair to my partner. Um, and you know, I think like the biggest surprises for me was that I felt like a good partner beforehand and like feeling like a year in, like, man, I, maybe I'm not being as good as I could be doing right now Mm. in my relationship. Mm. Like maybe I could be stepping up more. Maybe I could be processing this better. And that it being, some of the kindling, some of the fuel that was like, okay, well, we need to find healthy ways to process this. Mm. Um, and me kind of going in that direction because I'm, I'm, I would usually just be like, all right, let's, let's, let's double down on the depression. Let's double down on the, just getting (laughs) fucked up. Like let's do that for a while. And I think it had a very like awakening effect for me. It had a very like, no, like everything is not promised. No, you don't have another day. Like no, like mm-hmm. this, like, you know, it, it just made everything very like real and very present and very like, you have to do this now because you have to work on this relationship because you have to do these things and like realizing like how important things became, especially in this relationship where I'm like, yo, this was, this is, this is the woman who was there that your mother picked out a wedding dress for. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't just anybody. You know, mm-hmm. she's wearing a wedding ring your mother picked out, like, you know, um, and and things like that. Like, it just, uh, yeah, there's, I feel like I'm constantly surprised about this mm-hmm. grieving process. Like, I, I think about For it sure. five years removed from it now, and I'm still 
surprised by it. like it's it'll still just completely set me back to one some days wow you know um as it does and mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. you know i think this is the it, it keeps unraveling itself and probably always will um <laughs> sure. until yeah. i'm done you know <laughs> but yeah. yeah so with that constant surprise in mind and this sort of commitment to finding those healthier more sustainable ways that you two both have you know, expressed that you're doing, um, during, you know, the past five years and more specifically now, how have you been making space for and fostering joy in your life, both in your relationship and independently in your, in your heart, I guess, for like, for yourself. Mm. Mm. Random dance breaks. That's, that's real. It. I love it. Oh my God, it's true. <laughs> I, I think we're tr- we try to get innovative every day. Like I actually, I suggested that, right? I was like, I was like, we should just take like a moment out of our day to just have a random dance break. You know, like we, <laughs> um, just to, why not? It's fun. I guess you can call it exercise and it's just, it's good and it's healthy. There's for real us. endorphins. It, I swear. It is. For sure. Absolutely. So yeah. You know, so sometimes we'll just like turn on a song and just have like just dance throughout the song. I'm like, you can't stop dancing. Matthew will stop like maybe like two minutes into the song. Like, keep going. It's like, all right. You know, like little <laughs> things like that. Um, just, you know, the the smallest things like let's just take a walk to the, the chocolate uh, spot. We have like a little chocolate shop up the street which is so cute. I never grew up next to things <laughs> like that. <a> chocolate <laughs> shop. <laughs> but it's really cute. It's like owned by like um brown folk and it's like we get to know the people there and we're establishing like a connection with them it's like finding mm. the, the the so-called small things and making them a big part of our lives and mm. announcing it saying hey that's our shop right there that's our favorite place to go let's let's uh remember we went to this place let's go back to go back there again we're very intentional on like finding our joy and naming it and then return into it when it makes sense or recreate in new ways to step into other places of joy. But um, I don't know if you had anything else. Yeah. How do we find <laughs> our joy? I mean, like, how oh, it's, it's like, there's so many answers to it. I mean, one of them is like, like fuck depression, you know, like <laughs> I, 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 I really look at like my personal depression as like a white supremacist in my head, like just <laughs> doing it horrible shit to me 24 7 i'm like yeah, fuck that nah bro like you're so dumb like i don't yeah. like you like get out of <laughs> here um but like you know like really just not giving those moments um mm-hmm. to like to, to eat us up um and being honest when we're there like mm-hmm. yo i'm, I'm mm-hmm. a little out of it today or like how are you feeling yeah. or like where are we at or like what can we do you know to work on that for me and i think for alicia as well a lot of it was just like pouring ourselves into our work. Yeah. I feel super fortunate that I was able to navigate this grief with all of the tools I have, whether it be poetry, whether it be my, my, my literal job yeah. <laughs> it's every Tuesday is to meditate and write a poem for two hours. <laughs> um, it's like literally what I get paid to do. Like that process is wildly helpful. Um, mm. And like having a person I could, I can bounce these things off of with has been, phenomenal like um you know my whole my whole first book was dedicated to my mother's passing and alicia was my editor you know um and like really tying those into just a project that we could have something that we could say okay this is this is ours this is what we're creating this is what we're doing um we pour that into our youth Mm -hmm. um i think about like the kids that we work with and you know 
a lot of our work, like we were saying before, is working with like incarcerated young people. And I'm like, man, like you're incarcerated and losing family members and by yourself right now. And you're a child and you're a young person, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, God, I can't imagine being there with, with where I am now. I couldn't put me there 34 years old in a 17 year old's situation where they're going through that. No way, no way. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, 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 maybe that's part of like my mother's empathic nature, but I'm just like, I don't want other people to have to do that by themselves. Mm. I didn't have to do it by myself. I couldn't have done it by myself. Mm. It, it was Alicia a big part, but it was also my community. It was my craft. It was, you know, people who have been through that before that found, okay, well this worked for me or this one thing worked for me mm. and none of them work. Right. But all <laughs> of them work, uh, at the same time, you know, so it's, it's, um, for us, it's been like a conscious effort that joy needs to be there because mm-hmm. joy is always there trying to be there. And we, we make conscious efforts to not have joy, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes having joy feels bad. You feel guilty. You feel, especially during that grieving process, you're like, I don't deserve this joy because this is my narrative monologue voice voice again. (laughs) I don't deserve that joy. (laughs) You know, it's it's true. And you're just like, I guess not today. I'm just going to kick myself in the nuts again. And like, you know, that's, you can't you can't survive off that. It's not sustainable. No. It's just not sustainable. And 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 sometimes we think, well, it's just in this moment. But those moments become a day and those days become a week and that week becomes a month and that month becomes you forever. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's and, and maybe wow, not forever Matthew. because you can always fundamentally shift mm-hmm. it, but like man, like I don't want to give you a fucking second. And and wow. you get it. They're going to get that second regardless. You're going to get that Sam, and you know this shit too, dog. Like, you get that moment. Like, uh, what do I? Two minutes before I fall asleep. Let me think of something nice. Oh, my mom now. Okay, cool <laughs> word. That's what's up. Yeah. Thanks, brain. Yeah. Like, for sure. You know, and it's those those hard moments. Like, you can you can spend the whole day good, and you have a moment, a second, thirty seconds before you're about to just fucking fall asleep, and it wrecks you. Um, mm-hmm. and it's and it's devastating, but you know, there are ways to fight against that shit and Mm -hmm. it's work, but it's work that you get to do that you get to claim that you did not the Mm -hmm. depression, not the job that's paying you, not the, not the partner that needs you not to grieve at this moment, not the child Mm -hmm. who doesn't need to see you crying right right now. Mm -hmm. It's you and you deserve to have those moments, no matter what your brain tries to fight you with. Yeah, we've given sure. each other like a lot of permission to be ourselves, be who we are. We, we're not trying to, you know, of course you learn and you grow and things change, you know, individually and t- together collectively when you're in a relationship. But um, that goes a lot for joy. You know, we are both big kids. We are growing older together. We're, we're yeah. planning to grow old together. But Matthew and I are both very silly. I think y'all already know, obviously, silly. A lot of people don't know how silly I am till they get to know me, but I'm, I'm goofy. I'm super goofy. And we both are. And we love to just like, we just make random jokes, just walking up the steps into our apartment building today. He's just making all types of random jokes and sounds. He does this voiceover work all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I'm like, all right, Matthew, you just made the same joke like five times today, but it's so appreciated. And I still like, it's just great. We're just, we're, we're, we're so childlike and we, it's okay. Like we're, a lot of spaces or, you know, sometimes I've been in relationships where I feel like I don't have permission to be who I am. I want to, 
you know, people have an idea of who you are before they, they officially meet you. And I think for me, a lot of people, it's like, oh, you're Alicia, you're the serious black woman, feminist, whatever stereotypes people have. And, you know, when I show up in a different way, I'm like, well, I'm also silly. I also like love to laugh when someone farts or, you know, just like goofy, <laughs> immature stuff. It's like somebody's idea or, you know, of you changes and they can, they can judge you off that. And with Matthew, I just really feel like, oh, I can be me. I can yeah. be Alicia. And we do have moments where, you know, we have to discuss that more and remind each other, like, make sure you give them permission to be myself fully, mm. but at least we can also have that conversation when, when we, you know, when we bump heads a little bit, you know, it's like, wait, this is who I am. Again, it doesn't excuse any toxic behavior, stuff like that, of course, but overall just allowing ourselves to be and to make sure joy is a part of that too. Mm. I love that. Amazing. Before we get into our last like couple wrap up questions that we ask everyone, I just want to like thank you both for the vulnerability of this. And um, and also like when you guys were talking about like how you find joy, I was so struck with like who you are as people in the community, the work that you do, you know, like I am vaguely a part of the poetry community now, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that like um, you two really are beacons of joy for so many people. I know you are for your students, for your babies, for the people who um, look to you for how to move through life. And so I'm just so grateful that um, for this conversation, for this bravery and vulnerability, um, because I've seen you do this in classroom and in community, and I'm so excited to share it with our listeners. So thanks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like a very Amazing. profound um, experience because or conversation because of what you guys shared. So thank you. Thank you for giving us the space to talk about it. And like, um, my mother's name was Ivana, right? And whenever we talk about people that pass, I always feel like it's super important to say their names uh, if you feel comfortable saying their name. Um, but my mother's name was Ivana. And, you know, um, wait, also backtrack. Sierra, you're totally on like the Mount Rushmore of I know, poetry. Right? Like, <laughs> wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, like two time back to back national mean, like, what, it's, been, it's been several years since I've performed or been in that space, which is not an important part of this conversation. Please continue. I was going to suggest, I was going to request that we dedicate this episode to your mother. So I'd love for you to speak her name into the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I would be, uh, I couldn't mention my mother's name without, uh, inviting Sam to, uh, mention your father. If you feel comfortable saying that, I just feel like it's important yeah. to say those names, you know? For sure. Um, yeah. His name was Jeff. Hell yeah. Jeff. That's right, man. <laughs> hell yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I love those moments to be able to speak about my mom. And honestly, like the last five years, it's like anybody's been around me. That's like all I've been talking about. Sure. Um, and you know, I, I thank you for this space to be able to talk about it. Cause I don't always get a chance to like go into like things that I kind of are a little, you know, are a little, Draining, a little sad sometimes, you know. Oh, and, really? and and we I do it every Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I also want to point out, you know, yeah, like I lost my mother, and there's a huge moment in my life. But you know, like um, we've both lost so many people within this, with the, even within this five year time, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be like friends of ours that we've lost, students that we've grieved, family. literally yeah. together, For family. Sure. Um, it's been a, it's 
you know, we've, we've been there for each other in various ways. That was like the freaking, you know, high moment of it. But I mean, um, that I think it, it informs every other process. And I've had moments where I've been able to be supportive to Alicia and be there for her in ways that she was there for me and vice versa in other capacities. So, um, yeah, that, that, you know, it's, it's never just a singular moment sometimes like that grieving process. It, it lasts and it's not even like six steps or anything like that. Like it, it's, it's beyond those things and it comes in different ways and it'll come if you f- smell a fragrance, the, you know, the right fragrance will hit your nose and send you down mm-hmm. a path, you know, um, a melody or whatever. And, you know, I just think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a process and it is work, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's good work. Yeah. Yes, it is. Awesome. So these are three questions that we ask everybody um, who comes on to these conversations with us. So the first one is what relationship advice did you used to believe that you no longer uh, put stock in? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go with the first thing on the top of my head. When I was very, very young, I used to believe that you were supposed to know every single thing about your partner's yes. moves, like where they yeah. are. If you go yeah. to the corner store to get candy, I better know you walk into the corner store to get candy. I better know who you with, <laughs> how much candy you bought. It just, it, it was so much about like, again, ownership and yes. control that was being taught to me very, very, very young. And um, I grew out of that, not quickly, but soon enough yeah sure sure it's a journey <laughs> yeah it's definitely a you get all the good ones uh, <laughs> one thing i used to believe i'm like I, did i ever believe anything um what <laughs> one thing i used to i don't know i don't know nothing about relationships one thing i used to believe um i don't know i guess i used to believe that you get tired of a person after a long mm. and you had to reinvent why you like this person mm. sure like, sure I don't think so. Like, you know, we're almost 10 years in, in this together. And I'm like, I still like you a whole lot. Thank you. Know? Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think, yeah, it used to be like, you're going to get tired of each other. You're, you're not going to come with your wife. And <laughs> the voice is a lot. It's all Florida. <laughs> we ask each other that, though, occasionally. It's like, you're not tired of me, right? And it's like jokingly, yeah. but it's almost, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. still checking. It's a human, you know? You get of tired course. of people sometimes. You see them For every sure. day. I never <laughs> ask if you're tired of me, because <laughs> I know you're not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I actually know the moments when you are specifically tired of me. And I just, yeah. Like, that's ah, real. there it is. All right. I'm yeah, going to yeah. take a break and put For myself sure. on time out. Yep. <laughs> All right. So every episode on the primary feed, we like to do something we call a blind date where we shout out something that we love that we want to set up our listeners with. And this week, we're going to ask you guys to do a blind date. So your blind date is. <laughs> you go. Why me first? Because you're killing it. I don't have anything clever to talk about. I'm like Call of Duty. No, Um, it can be be Call of Duty. We've done no video games. We've done video games. TV shows. We've also done like anything. Anything that helps you nerd out. I love nerd out. Like so. Okay, I don't even want to get too detailed because it's not a great answer. It's just the first thing on top of my head is alien documentaries. Documentary. You are, you are yeah. talking to the right people. Yeah, for sure. Our producer Spencer 
ha- ran like a, a podcast called w- the what if podcast for three years and it was all about like paranormal <laughs> things and whatnot oh my so, god yeah and we Spencer and i originally bonded over our love of x-files so you are talking to the Come right on. people <laughs> exactly if we can talk about the unknown if we can talk about things beyond this place if we could watch alien documentaries which matthew doesn't watch with me all the time but he definitely will sit down and watch some of it and he'll listen to me rant for like an hour about what i think about aliens that's good enough that's true love i don't need to watch documentaries i already know they're there no one time i thought i saw a spaceship outside the window and he got so freaked out and i thought it was adorable i said oh that's why he won't watch it he's oh, a man. little nervous because oh. i was like that's a star dog and she's like that's not a star and i was like that's not a star i was like that's just a helicopter she's like it's not a helicopter and I was like <laughs> whatever I'm gonna check in 30 minutes if it's not there anymore I'm freak out and it was fucking gone and it's <laughs> terrifying <laughs> um all right what to do blind date um I want to say come come right and meditate with us every Tuesday yeah, four to say it. Oh, that's yeah. great I honestly like it? that yeah that you can um you can go to street poets inc you can go to their instagram there uh they promote it every week but it's every Tuesday it's on Zoom. Uh, it's four to six. Super cash. Super cash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come chill. Leave your camera off. Um, but honestly, it's it's was just a great place. We set intentions for like our lives or our week mm-hmm. or our day. Um, we put rocks in it. It's just really, it's a really, really wonderful amazing. place. Um, and I would say come come hang out. You could also like find me in Verdansk in the war zone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just quick note. Spencer typed into the chat, bro, how do you love weed and not watch alien documentaries? Because <laughs> I am an alien. <laughs> we're the aliens. We y'all. can edit that all out. <laughs> no, we're the, we're the aliens. Oh, I hope you know. Look, we're the only creature on this planet that just can't survive being <laughs> alive. We got to have shelter and shit. We're not from here. We're from Mars, yo. Some animals have Mars. shelter, you know. Let's talk offline about this. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'll go on. I have a whole theory. Okay, our last question is, where can people find you and how can they support you? Uh, you can find me at alishawise.com. A-L-Y-E-S-H-A. Wise, W-I-S-E. Um, I am terrible at keeping my calendar up to date. I'll do better, <laughs> but I am really good at keeping the website up to date. So you can find out just what's happening with me in general. And um, you can find me anywhere at Alicia Wise. Hell yeah. You can find me uh, pretty much anywhere under Matthew Cuban. Uh, it's like Mark Cuban, but significantly less successful. <laughs> um, and- <laughs> um but uh you can find me matthew cuban under anything uh but but you know what we've been talking about uh grief and we've been talking about my mom a lot and i dropped two albums that Mm. you can stream on spotify and both of them are named after my mother uh and it's they're not all like sad actually they're all like kind of just random they're joy-filled yeah they're very very joy-filled so i would love it if you uh listen to some of my music i think you would enjoy it yes 
All right, y'all. I already thank you so much. Um, I should have said all my like sweet thank yous in this moment, but I'll reiterate a little like thank you so much for your bravery and your vulnerability and your friendship. It means a lot to me. And I'm so I feel so lucky to share you wonderful people with our listeners. Um, To our listeners, if you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to stay tuned for more head and heart work conversations every two weeks on our primary feed. And if all else fails... Just break up. 